Pro Group Management. Workers' Comp that works for you. Welcome to Nevada Newsmakers. This is Orrin Johnson filling in for Sam Shad. On today's program, we have Tyson Cross of Cross Law Group for a conversation about cryptocurrency. Next on an all-new Nevada Newsmakers. What do you count on? You count on your power every day. At NV Energy, we've always powered what's important to you, but we're not looking at the past. We're focused on the future. While our standards are high, our rates will remain low. And our commitment to renewables isn't just meeting standards, but leading the way. Because you can count on more than just your power. You can count on the company who brings it to you. That's our promise. You can count on it. Truck drivers are some of the hardest working people you'll meet, delivering over 70% of America's freight and 92% of Nevada's. When there's a natural disaster, they're delivering critical supplies to help those communities recover and rebuild. Every sector of the economy and our nation's military rely on truck drivers. So let's take a moment to say thank you. On the open road or city streets, our truck drivers are rolling to make our economy and our nation stronger. Trucking moves America forward. Take a look at Pro Group Management and see how your workers' comp requirements can be met head on. By taking a proactive approach, Pro Group can assure that your company is meeting or exceeding state and federal standards. As you move forward in your industry, Pro Group moves with you, simplifying regulatory tasks, clearing the way so you can get the job done and look to your future success. Pro Group Management, workers' comp that works for you. As you know, Reno is booming. Toll's development company is helping it grow with insightful design and development, building community with every project, adding beauty adding excitement, emphasizing our shared humanity. Reno is becoming bigger. Toll's development is helping it become better, more livable, more enjoyable. To learn more, go to tollsdevelopment.com, tollsdevelopment.com. Nevada Newsmaker Studio is located at the headquarters of the Nevada Trucking Association. Motion and purpose are a truck's greatest virtue. This is Nevada Newsmakers with host Sam Shad, a no-holds-barred political forum. Now, from the Nevada Newsmakers broadcast headquarters, here is Sam Shad. Welcome back to Nevada Newsmakers. This is Oren Johnson filling in for Sam Shad. With me today is Tyson Cross of Cross Law Group. He's an attorney. Uh, I asked you to be here today. Thank you for being here, by the way. Great to be here. Thank you. Uh, because uh, I know that you've got a lot of expertise in cryptocurrencies and, and that sort of thing. It's, it's something I don't understand well, and I suspect a lot of other people don't as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, so tell me, first of all, uh, what are cryptocurrencies? So tell me about this. I, it, it seems like magical monopoly money. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, to, to understand cryptocurrency, I think you, you start with Bitcoin and um, think about what Bitcoin's meant to replace. So essentially Bitcoin's intended to function as a, a currency, a, a digital money. So if you imagine you're a store, I'm a consumer, I'm gonna pay you $100 for some goods. I could obviously give you cash, but nobody uses cash anymore. We mostly use electronic payments, so I may use my debit card instead. Um, I'd swipe my debit card in your little reader, and that transaction would be processed by the bank. The bank would check my account to make sure I have $100, and then they would uh, transfer 100 from my account to your account. 
and nothing ever actually changes hands. It's essentially just ledger transactions at the bank. So Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general was created to replace the bank. So the idea is that you can take the bank's role in maintaining that ledger and actually uh, assign that role to a software application that runs on a global network of computers and is completely decentralized. No one's in charge of it. No one can manipulate it. And um, essentially, you remove the bank as a, a party to those transactions. So Bitcoin was the first, and now that has evolved over time to cover a lot more than just payments. But the idea is to create um, a third party that holds that ledger, which is referred to uh, technically in Bitcoin as the blockchain, to keep that data. It's the computer system that runs that data, and we don't have to have any trusted third party maintain it. So, uh, so without that trust, so it's somebody just decides I'm going to just create a, a digital currency and call it whatever I want to call it, mm -hmm. and then uh, get other people to to come in and, and use it as as their currency instead of the dollar or so, something mm -hmm. else. Um, and you say nobody can manipulate it except obviously the person that created it in the first place probably can. Is that fair to say? Initially, but what's interesting is the copy of that ledger exists on every computer that's running the Bitcoin software or whatever cryptocurrency you're talking about. So, for example, anyone listening to this can go download the Bitcoin software and they would then have a copy of that ledger on their computer. If they tried to alter that ledger, it wouldn't match against all the other copies on the rest of the network. So the only way to make a, you know, a change to the ledger, so to speak, to manipulate uh, Bitcoin, for example, would be to control at least 51% of uh, the computer network, which is conceptually impossible given how big Bitcoin is. That problem has happened with very small crypto projects when they're new. Um, it's known as a 51% attack. But for something like Bitcoin that's so large, it's, it's not something that um, is realistically achievable. So, so what's the motivation to get into, to get into uh, cryptocurrency in the first place? So what's, how do you make money? Is it, a, it I know a lot of libertarians are in it because they want to kind of break away from the government to some degree, or at least distance themselves. It, tell us about some of those motivations. Yeah, initially that was the motivation, was to remove the bank, because the bank can be regulated by the federal government, they can subpoena your bank records, um, you know, the bank may become insolvent and you lose your money. So the idea was to create a system that we didn't have to trust the bank. That's evolved over time. Um, now transactions uh, with cryptocurrency aren't just with money. They can be done with uh, stock trades. Uh, Cook County, Illinois actually does them for recording deeds. So the blockchain itself, uh, this idea of a ledger that can keep track of transactions and can't be altered, actually has a, a wide variety of applications beyond just spending transactions. Is there anything that backs the money? It's always, it's, it's ironic to me that a lot of kind of libertarians who talk about, you know, we need a gold standard, that sort of thing, uh, also embrace this, this almost ephemeral digital currency that literally is nothing backing, not even a government uh, mm -hmm. promise. Um, so so is, there, is there anything to kind of maintain the wealth of it or, or to back it? Not in the case of Bitcoin. Um, there are other coins that are, you know, at least the founders say, are backed by, by dollars. But for the most part, no. Cryptos are, um, have no intrinsic value. They're really only as valuable as the market says they are, which uh, you know, supporters of, of cryptocurrency and Bitcoin would say is not all that different from fiat currency like the U.S. dollar. No, that, that, that's fair. How many cryptocurrencies are there these days? Uh, thousands. Uh, the top two are probably Bitcoin and Ethereum, um, which Bitcoin came out in 2009. Ethereum was in 2015. Uh, you know, at this point, it, they're almost unlimited. 
And I should ask this er earlier, but uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your uh, professional involvement with cryptocurrency, is uh, your experience with that, that sort of Yeah, thing. my primary practice area is in tax, and so when I was a young attorney in San Diego, um, I stumbled into Bitcoin, became interested in it because this was in 2013. There was uh, essentially no guidance from the federal government, particularly the IRS, on how Bitcoin is taxed. It's an entirely new asset class and type of property. So there were a lot of questions about whether it's taxable as a foreign currency or, or capital asset like stock. And so uh, that's where I got started was sort of helping answer those questions for clients. And then uh, since then, it's just kind of evolved into more of a tax planning role as sort of tremendous wealth has been created in, in this space. Right. Now, you're also a CPA, correct? Uh, no, just a tax lawyer. Oh, got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know why I thought but that. But I've done a lot so of tax preparation work it. with okay. clients. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you said there were a lot of questions in 2013. Are there still a lot of questions now? Yes, lots of questions. <laughs> uh, right. There's been some guidance since then, but not much. All right. We're going to answer some of those questions when we come back. Modern boutique Ahern Hotel and Event Center sits at the heart of the Las Vegas Strip. Two floors of meeting and event space are ideal for groups and conventions. Stay in one of 200 luxurious rooms and suites. Brand your event throughout the property. Flexible event spaces make for easy planning and personalization. Take over the entire hotel with a full buyout option. Safety is the number one priority for the trucking industry. Over $7 billion a year is spent on technology like this electronic eye that will apply the brakes automatically. But the most important factor for safety is the truck driver. These hardworking men and women who safely move over 70% of our nation's freight and 94% of Nevada's. We thank you because trucks move America forward. Southwest Specialties has been making the homes and businesses of Nevada beautiful for more than 20 years. Their experienced designers and craftsmen create the walkways, backyards, water features, and a variety of outdoor cooking areas that add curb appeal and value to your investment. Call today or visit them at their website and see how they can make your outdoor spaces special. Southwest Specialties, creative, distinctive, Beautiful. Pro Group Management is the place where companies can find workers' comp solutions that are designed to meet their specific business requirements. As regulations evolve, Pro Group takes a proactive approach to clear the path to make sure your business stays ahead of the curve. Knowing your workers' comp program is optimized, you can focus on other important matters related to your growing business. Pro Group Management, workers' comp that works for you. save money and take transit. Did you know you can ride the bus all day for less than what it would cost you for a gallon of gas? Plan your trip now by going to rtcwashoe.com. This is Nevada Newsmakers. And welcome back to Nevada Newsmakers. This is Oren Johnson filling in for Sam Shad. If you're just joining us, uh, with me today is Tyson Cross and we're having a discussion about uh, cryptocurrencies, blockchains, and that sort of thing. So. Uh, Nevada has sort of become or is attempting to become an epicenter of cryptocurrencies. Uh, is there some reason that Nevada is particularly attractive to, the, to, to these cryptocurrencies? 
So Nevada actually, depending on who you ask, is ranked at least in the top three. A lot of uh, places would name them number one for cryptocurrency in, in terms of being a friendly state. So that's done intentionally. Primarily that the approach was to be hands-off. Uh, some states spooked uh, crypto projects very early on by coming in with a heavy regulatory hand. Uh, Nevada took an approach to kind of take a step back and see how the space evolves and what kind of regulation is actually needed. Um, they actually also took some proactive steps. So there was some legislation passed a few years ago to clarify uh, the tax treatment of crypto for state and local purposes. What, what is that tax treatment? <coughs> uh, well, the bigger question for tax treatment is at the federal level, since Cal Nevada doesn't have an income tax. Uh, but the SB 394 it was just say that local governments can't attempt to tax cryptocurrency. Uh, basically, the concern was that they'd be taxed as personal property or, or sales tax or something like that. So that was clarified, and they also clarified that uh, signatures on the blockchain are, are legally valid and enforceable. So it established the validity of that form of authentication and that records stored on the blockchain are in fact legally enforceable records. Um, so it gave legitimacy to, to crypto projects in general. Um, and so there's still a long way to go. There are still lots of questions out there in terms of regulation, but Nevada's made an effort to make it a safe place for crypto projects to develop. So, and that's, has that paid off? Are we seeing, I think we are, we're seeing a lot of cryptocurrency businesses and companies coming to Nevada and doing some, doing some wild things. Yeah, we have, and our proximity to Silicon Valley helps. You know, at the end of the day, a lot of crypto projects require heavy software engineering, and so that, um, that is helpful. There was a project called Blockchains uh, LLC that bought uh, a large amount of land out at the TRI uh, industrial complex where you know, Tesla Gigafactory is. I believe they spent something like 170 million on, on that property, 50,000 acres. They're gonna create a whole blockchain only community, right? The, the innovation park, is that, that's what it was called? Yeah, that was the idea at least. I believe it's more or less fizzled at this point. The, the primary objective there was to get uh, special state permission to operate as what's called, a, uh, they were calling them in innovator zones, which would be sort of autonomous areas that were allowed to govern themselves, establish their own municipal courts, their own zoning regulations. Um, be essentially free from local government oversight. Um, Steve Sisolak was on board with that plan actually in early 2021, and so Blockchains was moving forward with developing that uh, innovation park, but sort of abruptly pulled the rug on that. Um, I'm not sure what happened, but uh, Governor Sisolak announced that he was no longer supporting the creation of the innovation zones. I think there was some outcry from local governments about having uh, these things operating right under their noses. So it's interesting you say that because one of the biggest boosters of uh, blockchain, including that legislation reference, is former Senator Ben Kiekeffer, who's now been tapped to be uh, Governor Lombardo's chief of staff. Uh, do you think that that's going to change? Is this, is, are, are we going to have these autonomous blockchain towns uh, getting off the ground in Nevada? That's a good question. I'm not sure what Ben's stance is on that. I know he was instrumental in some of the other legislation we discussed uh, with, with encouraging uh, crypto development in Nevada. I'm not sure where he stands on the innovation zones. Uh, I'm not sure where you know, Governor-elect Lombardo stands either, but that's a good question. And I, I think at the end of the day, the issue is that it's, it's less of a state issue. Uh, the state government still has its oversight, but it's more of a local issue. And, and for right now, that project would have been located in Story County. My understanding is that Story County was not enthusiastic about having a, a so-called innovation zone uh, operating under their nose. At the end of the day, it's always about the tax revenue and that sort of thing. <laughs> so, so what does the, the federal regulatory framework look like these days? Is there one? Is it, is it still kind of wait and see what's going on with that? Uh, federal regulation, let's say it could be better. Um, the issue right now is that 
cryptocurrency, as I mentioned, is sort of a new asset class, so it, it falls between various different federal agencies, and there's really no clarity on who's the primary regulator. So you have the IRS regulating for income tax, you have the SEC that says that most cryptocurrencies are a security, you have the um, Commodities Futures Trading Commission, the CFTC, says that cryptocurrency is a commodity. You have FinCEN, the Financial Crime Enforcement Network, who uh, monitors money laundering issues. Uh, they say that cryptocurrency is money. Um, meanwhile, the IRS says it's not money, it's not a security, it's not a commodity, it's property. So it's a confusing landscape for uh, cryptocurrency users, investors, and projects. And uh, it's gotten better, but I think Bitcoin came out in 2009. Um, I've been involved with it since 2013. In that time, we've had a handful of formal regulatory proclamations from these different agencies, and, and they've more often than not just created more questions than they've answered. So is it that there are a lot of times you have these kind of regulatory bureaucracies that are trying to claim ground or, or claim ownership, regulatory ownership over some new industry and, and get in on the ground floor. It almost seems like it's the opposite with cryptocurrency. Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, so many agencies are certainly wary to get involved. They don't know quite what they're getting into. But on the flip side, I think it is fair to say they are, there is a little bit of a clamor to be the, the one to be in charge. Um, there was actually a, some legislation in the CFTC actual federal oversight uh, privilege over cryptocurrency. I believe that bill died out. So as it stands, there's still this big, uh, you know, uh, amalgamation of agencies all claiming. And, and maybe I'm no uh, proponent typically for more federal agencies. Uh, we need more three letters, like we need a hole in the head. <laughs> but perhaps we need a new agency just to govern cryptocurrency. All right. And we'll talk a little bit more about uh, the need for uh, and the dangers of regulation and cryptocurrency when we come back. Like a traditional handmade basket, retail is woven into the fabric of life in Nevada. From big box to mom and pop, retail supports our communities in countless ways. Jobs for the disabled, team uniforms for kids, help for the elderly, and so much more. Retail employs over 1 in 10 workers. Retail supports Nevada, and we support retail. R-A-N-N-V dot org. Save money and take transit. Did you know you can ride the bus all day for less than what it would cost you for a gallon of gas? Plan your trip now by going to rtcwashoe.com. Hi, I'm Renee Summer, our digital news anchor here at 7 at 7. Watch our streaming nonstop newscast immediately with your mobile phone. 7 at 7 is the new way for you to get every bit of local news you need in just seven minutes. Breaking news, local neighborhood news, weather, and sports are just a click away. Reporters bring you all of what's happening in the Valley. From Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, YouTube, and more. Get every bit of local news you need from the RJ and LVRJ.com. Snorkel personnel lifts are engineered beyond the industry norm to an uncommon level of safety and durability and with an eye towards sustainability. They're also designed to be simple to operate and maintain. Snorkel always at the cutting edge of progress. This is Nevada Newsmakers. Welcome back to Nevada Newsmakers. This is Oren Johnson filling in for Sam Shad. 
With me, if you're just joining us, is Tyson Cross of the Cross Law Group, and we're talking about cryptocurrencies, uh, regulations, and politics. And so, uh, obviously, in the news, the, the the huge news that we've seen relating to cryptocurrencies is um, this billionaire guy, uh, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, is that his name, uh, who. Uh, made billions off of cryptocurrency and now has just been arrested and uh, all of his investors are left holding the bag. So it, is he the only one? Is it, has that been a problem with cryptocurrencies? Unfortunately, he's uh, the latest in a long list of cryptocurrency project uh, failures and, and allegedly perhaps outright fraud in his situation. Um, the, his exchange was called FTX, and the, and the story of that's rather interesting, but essentially what you have is FTX seems to be kind of the culmination of a, a long year of crypto failures. If you go back in, in March, April, May, there was the collapse of a project called Luna that had a coin, uh, which is called a stable coin, where the price is fixed at $1. And the idea is no matter what happens, it's worth $1, so you don't have the same volatility that you have with Bitcoin. Uh, which can drop 20-30% in a week. Um, so that project collapsed. Uh, I believe its valuation was somewhere around 30 or 40 billion dollars, uh, which led to the collapse of a, a related project called Celsius Network and investors and, and users lost another couple billion. And apparently those events put a lot of financial stress on some investments that Sam Bankman-Fried, known as SBF, um, was doing through his uh, investment firm Alameda Research. Um, and the problem with uh, cryptocurrency projects are there's very little oversight. His fund was actually operating in the Bahamas, so arguably outside of U.S. jurisdiction anyways. Nobody knew it at the time, but uh, the allegation is that he had been lending customer deposits from FTX to his research firm, Alameda Research, um, his investment firm, which had sustained heavy losses and ultimately became insolvent and suddenly found out that FTX had uh, a $12 billion hole um, where it was short on customer funds. Uh, so certainly not the last, certainly not the first and, and probably not the last. So does this, does this signal, uh, a, a lot of people ask me before he was arrested uh, as a criminal defense attorney, and, and I, I know little enough that I didn't know how to answer it. Um, it can he, is he going to get away with it? Now, and that was before he got arrested uh, because there are, there are no regulations on it. Uh, is that you talked about maybe there's a need for another federal agency or something else like that. Uh, is there any regulation out there that would have prevented just out-and-out out fraud? or how? Well, it's, it's difficult because they were located in Bahamas. And, and what SBF has maintained actually all along is that the U.S. arm of FTX is fully solvent. He insists that that's, that entity is okay. The shenanigans, so to speak, were going on with the international uh, entity outside of the U.S. jurisdiction. Um, so that, that makes it difficult from a regulatory standpoint. But overall, the issue is that these, um, these exchanges, as they're called, that, where people can buy and sell cryptocurrency, they function almost identically to a stock exchange, just dealing with crypto instead. And as we know, the stock exchanges and, and the brokers that work with them are heavily regulated. They have uh, all kinds of compliance regulations and requirements, including a requirement for audits to make sure that they have customer funds. Um, FTX was not subject to those requirements at all. And so the question is, should they be? And, and there are U.S. exchanges like Coinbase that provide similar service that's a publicly traded company and, and is subject to those. So. so are we likely to see that, though? I mean, uh, SBF donut, he was like the second largest uh, contributor to uh, politicians, Democratic Party. 
here locally, we've got this uh, Robert Beatles guy who's uh, essentially you know buying up and, and funding uh, various Republican politicians and that sort of thing. Um, there's with with this enormous wealth of the of the cryptocurrency owners, I guess, or, or the I, I don't even know how do you how do you even describe them as companies or how, how does it. I don't even know. It depends what they're doing. You have ones that launched a, a crypto of their own, essentially. Those are typically referred to as projects, whereas, you know, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, his involvement was really on the trading side and, and his own wealth he created for himself, trading Bitcoin primarily, and then the exchange he created, FTX, which, I mean, like you mentioned, he was a significant political donor. They also bought the naming rights to the stadium where the Miami Heat play. Uh, they, they paid tens of millions of dollars for that. Um, and we're heavily spending in all kinds of political races and, and definitely garnering a lot of favor. I think it's come to light recently that SBF was uh, a secret investor behind one of the larger uh, crypto news outlet sources, uh, which was then giving him rather favorable coverage during uh, the, the implosion of FTX. So there are important questions to ask there, and, and certainly there's sort of a lack of transparency around that. So, it, and there's always the, what regulations maybe do we need and, and what can we expect to see? Uh, you know, in this environment where these people are so wealthy and have now gotten involved politically uh, and, and in the media and, and all that sort of thing, uh, can we expect to see this Wild West kind of go on for a while or is there going to be some crackdown? Is this, are we going to lose trust in cryptocurrency altogether? Is it, is it going to fade away and we're going to laugh about it in 10 years as a thing that, like, like tulips in mm -hmm. the Netherlands. Uh, my intuition is that it's too late for that outcome. And it's also the cat's already out of the bag. I think if the federal government wanted to ban cryptocurrencies or something to that effect, that they're probably too late to actually effectuate that. So at this point, you're, you're stuck with, do you just limp along with the current regulatory environment until things get so bad that they're forced to act? And I suspect that that's what's going to happen. So we've already had over 10 years of, of limping along from the federal government. I suspect we'll have another 10 years of that at least. All right. And uh, I guess we'll wait to see in the next 10 years if that's accurate. Uh, that's all the time we have. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. We'll be right back. Culpa Photography was born in the rolling hills of Massachusetts, and now he can help you experience the stunning beauty of Nevada in a whole new way through the power of flight. Flying has always been a passion for Brian, and at Brian Culpa Photography, he can make your imagination soar. Brian has the creative mind and tools to tell your unique story. Experience the bird's eye view at brianculpaphotography.com. Each day, the Children's Advocacy Alliance partners with leaders, legislators, and families across Nevada to improve children's health, education, economic well-being, and safety. We recognize Nevada will be no better than the state of its children. Be a part of this change. Be a supporter of the Children's Advocacy Alliance. For more information, go to caanv.org. I'm here at the Carson Valley Inn in Minden with Joey Whitaker, and you've got a lot of convention space and meeting breakout space for people. Tell us about what's available. Well, we can handle a group up to about 250, uh, and anywhere as small as 10 or 15. So it really depends on what you're looking for, what the customer's looking for. We're open to anything. It's a beautiful drive, and if you live in South Reno, it's probably about 30, 35 minutes, so it's real easy to get to. It's not a long way to get away to the Carson Valley Inn. Imagine a magical garden that feeds Carson City's hungry and homeless, teaches our high school students agriculture, 
creates hanging floral displays to beautify downtown, and yet charges nothing. It's not magic. It's the Greenhouse Project. It's real, it's growing, and it needs your help. Go online to carsoncitygreenhouse.org so together we can grow it forward. Everyone is talking about opioids, but they're not the only drugs that can be harmful if taken in large quantities or not as prescribed. You also need to be aware of side effects from anxiety drugs, muscle relaxants, sleep aids, and stimulants. Mixing prescription drugs with other drugs or alcohol can be dangerous. If you take an Ambien with a glass of wine, it may be enough to stop you from breathing. Prescribed drugs can be just as dangerous as illegal drugs. Take medications only as directed. As always, you can watch the Nevada Newsmakers 24 hours a day at NevadaNewsmakers.com. See you on the next show.